Hey guys, welcome back to Art Ballad. <laughs> welcome back to Art Ballad. Today we are once again sitting in the studio, which is really nice. So that throws sounding off. Sucks to be you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are going to talk about value, value of art, valuing art. Yeah. Value and art. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. So, Jonathan, what are you thinking? Well, um, I'm thinking, I, when you were saying that, I was thinking like, oh yeah, there's like two different values we're talking about. And then I thought, oh, there's kind of a third one when we talk about art that we're not going to talk about. And that's like technical value of like color and stuff like right. that. Shading. We're not talking about that. We were talking about like monetary value. I just burped. Sorry, it was so loud. <laughs> that's okay. I don't think anyone would have heard. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> we're talking about like monetary value um, and also... Like, I don't know how to describe this value. I keep, like, not being able to describe, like, um, importance, yeah, I guess. That, yeah, that's the best I would. Yeah. So, like, personal importance on a, on a piece of art. Um, you mentioned wanting to start off with how we price our art and talk right. about that a little bit. Right, cause... so how do you put a number value on your art? Oh... <sighs> This is one of those things that was really tough to do at first because I had no idea and I was like, just didn't know what the heck to do. Uh, when I started selling pieces, it was just kind of like, this is how much I paid for the thing. I don't even remember. Uh, but I, I'm like, this is how much the materials cost. And then it was like, I don't really know. I don't, uh, and like, I made sure that I would have uh, broke even, I guess. But that's the thing, you think about things like, oh, how much time did I put into it? And then you think like, oh, I really like it. And many people say you've got to throw those factors out. Um, your materials are, are one thing, but then the size ends up being like the major thing. And I remember, uh, I don't know when, I was I'd been making art for a little bit already. And not I don't think I'd sold very much at that point. But it was still really early on for me, the first year or two. And uh, my friend Alex had researched this kind of thing. He's, he also was in, like, he creates art, um, but he was in business school as well. And he, uh, he's an accountant. But he was talking, like, because he researched, like, how do people price art and stuff. And it was like, it's just size. Like, you need to be consistent with size. And he was very much, like, mm -hmm. there's, like, formulas for it and stuff. So I still use, shout out Alex, I still use this formula to this day back then because it seems to work for me. Which is, um, again, it's flexible, but it's a starting point. So I remember when we started talking about you selling art, and I was like, well, this is what I do, and it seems to be working for you too. Um, 25 cents per square inch. That's a starting point. So I know like a 16 by 20 is like $108, I think. Or maybe that's an 18 by 24. I don't know. But it's around that. <clears throat> I think 18 by 24 is $108. Just straight up with the formula, 25 cents per square inch. Um... I'm pretty comfortable with that, but then, like, again, it's, it, to me, I, I, it fluctuates. I think about, um, what if I got the piece at a, or what if I picked up the canvas on a discount, and let, how desperate am I for money? <laughs> like, right. it's like, can I, can I lower the price and still come out on top because I paid less for it and mm -hmm. I want to sell it quicker? If I've had it for a long time, I might adjust the price. Um, if it's going in a gallery, I, if it's going in a gallery, that's when I price it the highest. That's when I price it what it's really, really worth. However, if the gallery takes a commission, 
sometimes I need to maybe price it even just a little bit higher. It, right. Like, or it's just like, I, whatever. Like, um, those are things to consider when pricing. Now, the 25 cents per square inch thing only works up to a degree. Once you get to, like, bigger pieces, I remember, I, I don't have that piece of paper anymore. For a long time, um, Alex had, like, when to go and think of 20 cents per square inch and when about 15 cents per square inch and 10 cents per square inch. <coughs> the pieces get really big. Right. So, yeah. And you underprice your work, so I don't think that formula works. Well, you underprice your work, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. Mean, I mean, it works for us in the sense that we feel good about it, and I don't... We ha- make money off of it when we sell a piece. Well, when we sell a piece, we are recouping costs on that one single piece, yeah. yes. The problem is we make 20 pieces for every one that we sell or something, and then... Right. I have sold exactly 50% of the ones I've created. I think you, well, I can't say that. I was going to say, I think you're doing better than me. But I don't know how many I've created yeah, ever no. in the scheme of time. I just have, I have on my computer, like, the ones that I have and the ones that I sold are completely separate. Oh. And they're, exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, they say you sell 50% of your work. So, I'm hitting that statistic. I'm not hitting it, like, we're talking about, like, how many pieces I made this year and how many sold. I don't think i guess i could look at that i can look at because my in my facebook photo albums um i can look at these are the abstracts i created this year and then i can go see how many i have left and i'm pretty darn sure i haven't sold 25 percent. but i've sold some that i made last year or something recently like. you've been yeah i guess you've been doing it for such a long time it's really easy for me to keep track of that right now um you've been selling a lot though on etsy fuck etsy i hope it crashes yeah you just didn't <sighs> It was weird that you just quit so fast because you, you usually, when you get into like, you know, apps and programs and technological stuff, you usually figure it out pretty, pretty quick and you, whatever, but you just really didn't like the steps that Etsy took. See, it took so long just to put one painting up. Then you copy and paste a bunch of stuff Ugh. for the next one and it gets quicker. And then quicker. it's like, do a description of your work. And I'm like, man, I know if I do like a good description and I... You know, say what I was like listening to or how I came about it. I'd probably sell, but I was like, no, fuck that. I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> so it just—I don't know. It wasn't for me. It wasn't social enough. I like the social aspect of social media. Yeah, it's not social media. Well, it's the interwebs. Yeah, but it's not meant to be social media. It's meant to sell art. And I wasn't doing that. Yeah, I—I I, I don't remember how many months. I think it was like six months or something before I sold a single piece on there. And I cut, I stopped mine at the six month mark and I sold one piece to my dad. So really I sold no pieces yeah. and every three months or whatever it was, so I guess twice, I'd get this charge to my fucking credit card and I'm like, no, like I haven't sold anything. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's 20 cents per, per thing. Yeah. Every three months. Maybe that's 20 US dollars. So maybe it's 23 cents or something Canadian right now. I don't remember. I don't know. But yeah. And I find that. Because I sell stuff in between, like, it'll the money will usually come off that and not. Mm-hmm. Like, so I only pay, like, a couple dollars sometimes a month or right. every other month or whatever the hell it is. Because it depends on when you put them up. Because it's three right. months from then and it's all, like, staggered everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it might be, like, a monthly charge for me by now. But it's very, very little. Um, so it works for me when I'm selling stuff. And, uh... Yeah, so I guess that's a good thing we're talking about too. Is I guess that's when we're talking about selling work and how we price things and whatever. Because um, there you have to take into account... Yeah, that's the thing. It is annoying. It definitely is. I would much rather sell locally. 
because Etsy is a chore. I mean, Etsy in itself, I think, is a great platform. Mm -hmm. um, and the steps that they make you take, it's really overwhelming at first, but then you, you figure out what you need to say and what you don't need to say. And then, like I said, I just copy and I have two windows open. Yeah. And I copy and paste some of my information over because most of my work is abstract. So it says right on there, like if I have a real, like legit story to tell or like it's a very personal thing or it's based off of like a poem or something, I add that in there, but I have a copy and paste a statement that says like, um, the viewer brings their personal history to the work and mm -hmm. whatever. And sometimes I just say, I was listening to this album and then I have that thing after that. And sometimes it's a little more intense than that. But having to weigh the pieces and then having to like because all the because the shipping and right and then that's another thing. It's like I don't want to price it at what I think it should be priced because then people are paying for shipping on top of that and that's going to turn them off once it. Very well made, but I mean I can't lose money either. Yeah. So it's it it's a learning curve for sure. Um, and I'm still like it's still hit and miss for me. I have been, I've had well yeah. I was going to say, I've had more Etsy sales the past six months than the first, but that's because like, the first six months or five or whatever, I didn't sell a thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I've had more Etsy sales in the past two months than I've had Absolutely. combined. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that's a trend that continues to... And great reviews. Yeah, so I've had cool. five-star reviews and uh, three or four items, and the other ones didn't get reviewed at all. So That's annoying. Well, but it's better than getting crappy reviews. reviews. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how I price my stuff right now like you talked about under pricing stuff and i say we both do it but that's that thing of like we talked about it once before but someone asking for prices you tell them the price they stop talking to you and so like, well, what did you think like mm -hmm. it's just so hard especially in a small city even saskatoon was hard to sell work and maybe now it would be better for me i don't know but it's just like not having people culturally in that area that value yeah. art right and when we talk about value it we mean value it as they they would think that it's important in their life that they they were willing to pay for it you know right. to be like this and not because it's worth this much like i can resell it it's got this market value not that type of value but the fact that like i'm willing to pay for this thing that i really want like mm -hmm. you know it's just some people really really want a nice car versus a nice house so they value the car more than like yeah. And some people value art and, you know, it's that they are willing to pay for it, what it, it costs. And they, they recognize that other people are just like, what, what is this? It shouldn't cost this much. I'm like, what do you? Yeah. Anyway. So I don't know. That pricing system works. And again, it gets flexible based on things and mm -hmm. um, commissions are kind of a different thing. You take deposits and I don't know. Fuck commissions. Some of them I really don't mind. It's just, it's, again, it's one of those hit and miss things and you have to deal with people. And yeah. that's, that's where it can get complicated. That's where it all goes out the window for me. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about pricing or art? That... No, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like, who are we to price it what we want to price it at anyway? Well, I don't know, but that's part of, I guess, the discussion is, like, who are we? That's what mm -hmm. I, I've said that before. Like, who am I? I can't price it at that, that amount. Who am I? No one knows who the hell I am. And some people are paying for a name, right? Mm -hmm. They're paying for, it's like, brand recognition. And part of, and that's part of, unfortunately, you talk about social media, about being an artist is, like, branding yourself and people liking your brand and then yeah. maybe valuing your art more because of the brand that you you 
um, present, I guess. So that's a thing, too. Um, because, I mean, some people are just, like, dinks, and you would buy their stuff anyway because... Just because their brand is being a dink, but they're, like, so famous that they're allowed to be. Yeah. Then it's like, well, whatever. But if it's, like, some local person who's a jerk, you're not going to want to support them. Fuck that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. You get stuck? I'm just... I want to put my knee back up, but... Well, you do what you got to do. Taking a nap? Yeah. (laughs) Um... So... We're talking about pricing stuff. Yes. Then let's get into the the art market and all of that garbage and gobbledygook. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Do you got anything to start with? No. Okay. I got some stuff, <laughs> okay. but but I just wanted to see if you had anything first and then... Because you can play off all this stuff, but... Yeah. Um, I did some research, but not like crazy intensive. Partly because it's freaking annoying to do it when it comes... Like, We've all talked about the business side of art and not liking it and whatever else. And some things, I'm like, well, it's like talking about God. It's like, no one understands this. It's, it's just like, uh, when you talk about markets, like, right, right? Like, the market fluctuates based on mm-hmm. me spitting everywhere. Thanks, man. Um, fluctuates based on this thing and that thing and all these things that nobody knows anyway. And it's like, right. it's just made up numbers and the stocks. And it's like the art market is kind of like the stock market in some ways where it fluctuates based on all these factors that why like they're just arbitrary almost anyway um so one of the things when you get into i don't know if you want to call it high art capital a art expensive art i don't know art market stuff um a certificate of authenticity is something that that is a factor that is needed when you get into like let's say famous dead artists or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I know this is the real Starry Night by Van Gogh or whatever? Mm-hmm. Van Gogh. Um, you, these, these are things that exist. There's so many people that are involved in the process of um, preserving the art, of inspecting it, making sure it's authentic. You yeah. get the certificate. You've got to pay for all that service. So then, I mean, that that ups the price of the art too because you're not just paying for the piece of art. Right. You're going to pay for the handling of it, the shipping, the... All these things. Um, yeah, so cert- certificate of authenticity is a thing when it comes to some art. Obviously, for us, it's not really a thing that we have to provide. Like, I did it, by the way. I put my business card on my... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're meeting me in person. And, yeah. Um, yeah. We just need to die. Good. It's good. Yeah, all the great artists are dead. That's not true. Well, no, but... <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Um, that's another thing. So let's get into that. Um, death is the thing I have here because there's a couple reasons why that drives up the price of the art. If this person wasn't famous before they were dead, they might be famous after they're dead. Um, one huge reason is because of supply and demand. They can't make any more shit. Right. They're dead. Mm-hmm. So depending on how long their career was, if they were appreciated in their career or not, um, which is a whole other thing we're going to get into as to how do they get, why is it decided that they're important anyway? Right. Like, um, the thing is, they can't make anymore. Like, how many Biscot pieces are there? I don't think there's very many. Like, so, or, or, you know, Monet's or Van Gogh's or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, 
How many are there out there? There's never going to be any more than there are now. And the longer it is since they died, the more expensive they're going to be also. And it's got to... Things deteriorate. So who gets that money then? Oh, whoever After- owns it. Okay, but what if nobody owns it? Would it just go to, like, next of kin type thing? Well, it would be with the estate, right? Oh. So, okay. like, yeah, so it could be next to kin okay. or... But then that can be bought from them, right? And right. then that is when you want to start that line of authenticity and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this segues into another thing. But, but yeah, the, the death thing, um, because it limits things for supply and demand um, and availability of those pieces and how many were there of that artist to begin with. And if there, if there are only five ever, that's still going to be different than if an artist was just as famous, but they have 100. Mm-hmm. Because there's more of them out there that can be owned. So that's a huge factor as well. Um, with that... Since we're talking about um, availability, we're talking about additions. So they could be a living artist or a dead artist or whatever. Let's say they make prints, right? Well, when you, you learn in printmaking and, and when you follow that kind of thing, like limited prints are a thing still, still now. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we're doing a limited print of t-shirts maybe even. Right. Or if it's like art prints, it's like I'm doing 50 prints and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then it's gone, you know? Um and those are exclusive things that there's some living artists now like Shepard Fairey or John Baisley, um, great, amazing printmakers that that they'll still sell the original work too, but they will sell the prints because that's how they need to do that to make money. If they just sold the original and that's it, they might not be able to to make enough money. So, and then you've got this middle market thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's accessible enough because that's a thing. You don't have the... Um, the I don't know what the word would be you don't have it it's not special because there's only one it's now there's the original original and now it's still special because there's only 50 or there's only 100 right. and there's maybe thousands or tens of thousands of people that want it so the exclusivity isn't the same but now you've got this middle market where other people like possibly you and me if we're like oh man John Baisley like mm-hmm. he's um, can you see it in this in the video oh no you can't um, but this poster up there, he's in the band Baroness, and he makes all their cover art and whatever. He's just an amazing visual artist, um, and he he does like sell these prints. It's like maybe they're a couple hundred dollars each for a print. That's kind of accessible to the everyman um, if they valued art enough, they could save for that, right? 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 Like, um, yeah. So that that's the thing too is is how many editions are you going to have of right. a print? Um, or if it's a sculpture or something, because you can make molds and you can do more. And there's like, mm-hmm. one thing that, that started um, getting more popular in the past couple of years was toys, making vinyl collector toys. Because mm-hmm. um, with nerd culture getting so much bigger in the past like decade, things like that collecting in and of itself has just gone through the roof too. Mm-hmm. So then people started recognizing that and then making more of it and then being like, oh, I can make these vinyl edition collector items and, and stuff like that. Um, Sorry. That's okay. Uh, so that's another thing with like the availability and how that makes things get... Have you ever thought about doing prints of your work? I've thought about it, but the problem is... I First of all, I don't think abstracts make good prints. It's just straight up... I never look. I I have. I guess part of this is I've never seen abstract prints. Right. Every print I see is like based off the human figure. Mm-hmm. 
like every single one that I can think of right now, or maybe graffiti ones. I've seen a couple, but again, that's not abstract. You've got an identifiable object, right? Of either letters or a figure or a landscape. Mm-hmm. So my the mo- most of my art doesn't play well into that. There are a couple portraits I've done that I'm like, man, that would be a cool print. I don't know where to begin. I've never done the research. Where do I go to to get these prints made? There's these two prints here. Oh, you can't see them on the video again. Anyway, that I bought at Calgary Expo. They're not very good prints. These white ones here? These? Yeah, those. And it's like, okay, it's it's not good quality paper. It's not a great print. I mean, it probably wasn't a great piece to begin with. But I mean, like, uh, you have to get, like, I would want to make a quality, quality thing. I don't know if I'd have access to do that in Lethbridge. Like, I don't think we have the the services here to do that. Yeah. Um, if we did, how much would it cost me? And then how much would I have to sell it for? Mm-hmm. And then how many people would actually buy it? If people aren't buying the originals, they're not going to buy prints. Well, no, that that's not true. No, it's not true at all. I mean, tons of people <laughs> be like, um, if you have prints of this, I'll buy that. You cheap batch. Like. Well, that's because... I know what you're saying. It's because the, the original isn't that much right now. Yeah. Like, you're, some of the originals that we make are $20, $30, yeah. $40, $50. We've got some that are, like, a couple hundred dollars because they're very, very big. Very big. Like, four feet by four feet big. And the canvas itself was $100. Yeah. So, like... Um, yeah. Which is another thing I want to talk about. There's too many spider web things going off that I can't keep up. Um... But that's the thing, is like, maybe I, I, I've, I've been asked a couple times, not very much, the same thing. If you had a print of that, I would buy it. I'd be interested in that, blah, blah, blah. What are the, some of the pieces I would like to make prints of, they're gone. Mm-hmm. I've sold them. I've sold the original. Right. So, but that's also part of the appeal to some people is that, that that's it. There's no other one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that I'd have to look into, and then when I make a piece, then decide to make prints of it right away see if it sells. I mean, I just have to make sure it's financially viable for me to just try out yeah. even, just to experiment with the idea. I've never made one that I'd be like, oh, I'd, I'd sell prints of this. And none. But there's also partly because they're abstract, right? Uh, no, absolutely. 100%. Okay. But, yeah. Because then you got to get it, like, scanned somewhere, and that has to be quality, and mm-hmm. then you need to make sure the print is quality, and then, ugh. It's just a lot of work, and I don't have a mentor for that. Yeah. Doing research, like... Talking to someone is the kind of research I like. Having to go on the internets and do this and track down this thing and that phone this person, email that person, try and get like, is that a quality? Is this a good deal? I don't know. It's so much work that I don't want to do. I mean, that's the thing. I pick and choose where I want to work. I work on my Etsy. Yeah. I try to tweak things here and there. Even then, gets that gets tiring. So that's why I copy and paste some stuff. I don't put as much detail into the description as I could sometimes. But I just, it's, I'm not a full-time artist. If I was a full-time artist, but that's the chicken and, well, that, that, that's the chicken and the egg thing, yeah. though. It's like, I would have more time to do all this other crap. Right. And maybe if I forced myself to do all that other crap for a year, I could live off of it. Mm-hmm. But, anyway. Anyway. Now I don't remember where those other branch, branches went off to. Um... Sorry, I cut you off a few times. No, no, that's good. Um, Whatever, I'll just keep going down the list and whatever. Materials are a thing. Yes. Um, So, 
it's not just going to be size, but I mean, if something's made out of, I mean, there's like crystal skulls and stuff that people make, right. diamond encrusted, whatever, mm-hmm. gold toilets. Yeah. Like, it's not just about the name at that point. It's not just about the size. It also ends up being like, no, this thing is millions of dollars because it costs millions of dollars to make. Right, absolutely. So even with our work sometimes, I'm like, man, gold leaf is kind of expensive. If I put gold leaf in a piece, mm-hmm. like, it's not cheap to just get, like, the sheets of gold leaf in comparison to some other things you could use. Mm-hmm. So, um... That becomes a factor that sometimes I'm like, I need to price this just a little hot. It's $5 more than I normally would or something because I'm using a bunch of gold leaf. Right. So sometimes our materials are expensive. Or if we, like some of the paints that we buy for two ounces, a two ounce paint tube, mm-hmm. um, some of them are like $15. Some yeah. of them are almost 30 Yeah. So if I used a lot of like interference, for example, or a lot of like, uh, again, the metallics are a little I more... Use- so much interference. And it's expensive. Yeah. And we can't buy it in Lethbridge. So that becomes oh. another added cost of having to get somewhere else to buy them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, materials are, are a thing that play a role in, in how much people price their work. <laughs> what are you getting out of your... Shit's so expensive, man. <laughs> I know. Ugh. I know. Want to quit? Yes. <laughs> But I can't. Um, condition. The condition of a piece obviously matters. If it's yes. being handed down over hundreds of years and all this stuff, then uh, the condition that it's in will definitely devalue or value the thing more. Um, so we talked about size a little bit. Bigger is better? Question mark is one of my notes. If we're talking about paintings, right? Generally, two D things. What? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh. Not really, but yes. Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, yes. I don't really have an answer for that because I think it depends. Um, to me, bigger is better because I don't think your house should look like a gallery. So one big staple piece to me, mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Is better in my opinion. I like my house to look like a gallery. Uh, I'm aware. Oops. <laughs> And that is that that we'll figure it out. Yeah, that's just something I realized and came to terms with, and that's okay. Give and take. Compromise. Yeah. Um. Your house styling gives me anxiety. You deal with my anxiety. <laughs> Let's everything off the walls. Everything off the walls. We'll just have plain walls. That's all. Oh, well, let's not touch my hair. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so to me, a nice big stable piece is better than little pieces. Okay, However, well, what if the place is small? Well, okay, but let's talk about money. Money-wise? Like, b- bigger is better? No. Does that... No. Absolutely not. Okay. Give me... Give me some details there. I would pay more for some of your little ones than some of like our big collabs. Why? Because just how it looks. The look of it. The I can tell more went into it. So it's not even just because you like it more. You just think the effort is more. Yes. Mm. Okay. I mean, that's one of those interesting things. Like that, that when you're starting to price work too, if you think about how many hours you put in. Yeah. It should kind of be a factor. But also it's kind of like, I remember Alex being like, no, you can't. 
put that in. You just can't put it in. That's the business side of Alex, though. That's no, but it, but it's just it was like but he, he was looking yeah well yeah it was yeah. because he was looking at how people price art and it's right. like no they don't. If I'm crying while painting a piece, like fuck, I'm going to price that on the low end. Fuck you, bud. You've got my blood, sweat, and tears. You'll pay for my blood, sweat, and tears. That shit ain't cheap. Yeah, well, then we talk about conceptual stuff, but I mean, just effort alone. If you're gonna start pricing something, it see that's the thing. It matters and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Some, it's like, should I start charging? Let, let me let me. How many hours did I spend on this? And let me factor that in. Yeah. Let, put that at minimum wage or twenty dollars an hour, let's say, and then, and then the materials, and then the cost of the canvas, and then whatever, right? Like I don't know. You people could do that. I'm sure some people do. I'm gonna try doing that for a couple pieces and see what happens. Okay, it's a fun experiment. Yeah, why not? What's um, the worst that's gonna happen? Nobody buys it. I guess. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. Some pieces are incredibly tiny and are amazingly intricate. Mm-hmm. And they take so many freaking hours. Now, if that person's a nobody and they're trying to sell it for hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars, it's not going to do anything. See? Yeah. But some people build a name off of doing that. Mm-hmm. And then they become like a mid-range, like full-time yeah. artist and whatever. Um so the bigger is better question mark is because in the art market, like the real, the, the, the legit thing, right. like bigger is more expensive, mm-hmm. period. I think part of the reason this is though is because we're talking about people with mansions. Yeah. We're talking about the fact that these things fill up s- space. Like you think of a... Uh, I just want to do one huge piece. I want to do lots of huge pieces. See, I don't, I don't like... Oh, that doesn't appeal to me. See, like, it doesn't mean that it's more skilled. Someone in an article tried to say that, like, it takes more skill to fill up a bigger space. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to take more skill to do that. It no, de- what's his face? Just fucking poor... What the hell is his name? Don't talk about Pollock that way. That's the one. No, that took skill. That's different. Though. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of, like, let's say Rothko, color field. I'm picking three colors. We're, okay, there's different kinds of skill. We've got conceptual ability, skill, brainium stuff, and choosing colors and, and where you want to put them and right. all that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. Um, mixing colors and which colors go together and whatever. But to physically apply the thing, to the, it doesn't necessarily take a lot of... You tape off one section and make, or whatever. Right? Like we're talking about a thing that might have two colors. That's it. Mm-hmm. No blending them even. And that, that, and it's huge. Well, it wasn't technically skillful to do, but conceptually, maybe so. But some of these intricate, smaller pieces might have incredible amount of technical skill that no one's paying for. Mm-hmm. So it's just the thing about the bigger is better. Bigger in the art market is usually more expensive if the materials are like the same and not like encrusted with diamonds and all, whatever. Then bigger is usually better, but I'm thinking it's because the thing of like, People can't, not only could you or me not afford these pieces, we'd have nowhere to put them. Yeah. Nowhere. We don't have a single wall in our house that could hold a Pollock. Like, they're too small. Thank God. <laughs> I, think, I don't like Pollock's work visually. Yeah. But anyway, some of these things are so massive. Only the rich could afford, or only the rich could have a place to put them in the first right. place. And then they only have the money to pay for them. So then so. that's what we need to do. Let's make really big work. Yeah. 
So then all these uppity, stare-down-their-nose type people be like, hmm, I can afford that, and you can't. And they'll just buy it to say Maybe. they're the ones that can afford it. And then all of a sudden we've got our work in some rich person's house. They host a dinner party after COVID. We're like, oh, who did this? Probably during COVID and give a shit. Then they all die and don't buy our work. Cool. Oh, yeah. So. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's the whole thing of getting representation and everything like that, too. So. Not only your name, but I mean, if you are uh, being represented by a certain gallery and that gallery has a good name, then, then maybe you can get a good name off of that. But anyway, yeah, yeah, that's the thing to do is maybe get some big, big piece and then just see, just make one and yeah. go from there. We'll just get you naked and pour paint on you and you can just... Wow. <laughs> you could just like crawl and roll down this canvas. That's what we all sell. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Well, that's another thing, right? It's like how things can be valued with how they get it on there. Because, I mean, like, what's the name? Warhol give people to piss on his canvas. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if we do something weird, that could maybe add value to it. Yeah, but it only adds value if you're already famous. Then it's... If you're just They weird... don't need to know... Some people buy weird, man. If you could think it, someone's into it. Yeah, you're talking about, like, fetishes and stuff. It could help. Okay, I'll make a poop sculpture. and. Didn't someone can his poop? Uh, probably. Yeah. I don't know. There's a dude who did a booger one. He collected mucus. And don't. Like, okay, Ugh, well, that's one thing I can't. There's a big ball like this over like a year or something like that. It was nuts. I have an elastic ball at work. Elastic. <laughs> and it's getting huge. I've been working on it for three years. Every time the male lady comes, I steal that blue elastic that they hold the... Oh. Nailed together with, and it's like big. Oh, you're making it bigger. Yeah. Okay. It's been three years. That's a long time. Yep. I can just sell that at a. I was gonna say, just uh, put a finish on it yeah. somehow, <laughs> like uh, epoxy. Or... Well, I watched this um, TikTok, <laughs> and this girl bought a huge ball for like fifty bucks. Just this is costing me no money. I'll sell it for fifty bucks. Wow. You know what I mean? Sure. Weird things. Weird things. Yep. That's all. Um, Sorry. That's okay. Off the fucking rails. Good. Uh, talking about condition. Concepts is something that you were talking about kind of right now too. Yeah. Is that sometimes things are valued. Sometimes both of these different definitions of value come together. Right. So if something is important or has cultural value, then... And if enough important people say it's important, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it becomes more um, monetarily valuable. I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. It becomes more like fiscally valuable um, because people said that it's an important piece that means right. a lot and it's the whatever. Oh, it's the Declaration of Independence and we're going to sell it or something. Like it's culturally relevant and valuable and important. Um, so concepts do matter. Or like you were saying, what if it's just weird? And then like, right. you know, someone just happens to be into that concept and therefore, there you go. It's sold. Mm-hmm. Um, provenance is something I was going to mention earlier um, when we talked about death and, and availability and all that stuff. Is also that if you can trace it back to the, the artwork to the original person, mm-hmm. um then like and you know everyone who's owned it since that helps it's like having a lineage for the piece and we're talking about like millions of dollars like those types of pieces 
um, really famous work. If somebody famous owned that piece, then it's more money the next time it sells. So it's not just about the piece. It's like... Whose hands have touched it. it yeah, basically. Yeah. It's like... Because you could be rich, but you're not famous. You're just a nobody. You just got right. inherited money, and right. you're just like, got money. Yeah. Who gives a shit about you? Um, my example is actually from one of the last podcasts we did on Basquiat, because um, Lars Ulrich, uh, the drummer from Metallica, right. had that piece. Now, he's famous, and he, he's an art collector, or was, and then he sold a bunch of his shit. But, like... Some dude might not give a shit about that, and someone else might. Mm-hmm. Well, if you happen to be a Metallica fan and an art collector and a millionaire, whatever, right. that might be more important to you. And depending on who's selling that work, they might angle it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, to be like, Lars Ulrich of Metallica owned this piece, or you know what I mean? Like, it's right. same thing if you're buying a house. Is it like this is an amazing house? It's a billion or a two million dollar house. Okay, but also, it Kim Kardashian. This is her old house. Another girl that I watch on TikTok bought Marilyn Monroe's oh, okay. house. And that's yeah. that was like their big staple. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, this is all the great things about the house. It's, this was Marilyn Monroe's house. Yeah, so I yeah. get that. Yeah, so providence matters as well in the art market. Who owned the piece before? Um, Give me a push. Okay. <laughs> some other stuff here on our I'm ready. kind of back into this uh oh yeah here's something that you brought up without even realizing you brought it up cool. unique objects so this goes with the um with kind of like the uh, conceptual stuff um perceived cultural value is a term that they that they use as well um but unique objects so um original and unique stuff does matter right with art as well as all these other things right mm-hmm. Um, so like I mentioned that, uh, gold toilet, there was a real piece and it had to do with, I think it was called America or something. A conceptual artist, um, of this century. I don't remember his name. Um, but along the line, oh no, that was one of his other pieces. I, I think, I think it was the same dude who did the banana, the duct tape banana. And that's why he's famous because he keeps doing weird shit. Yeah. Um, I think it was the same guy. If it's not, I apologize. I forget. Like Mario something. Because they all listen to this. Well, I mean, but someone might be like, oh, you idiot. It's this <laughs> fucking guy. People are yelling at their phones <laughs> in their cars. Um, <laughs> Don't fuck up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So unique objects are a thing as well that, mm-hmm. like, there's only one of those toilets, and if someone else yeah. made one, it wouldn't sell for as much. Who, who cares? Right. Um, that can get weird. Get weird then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Paint with just my breasts. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to record it so that the authenticity, right? Because you, you need to make sure that it's. How do you prove it?
Okay. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mentioned the art market. It fluctuates. It's just a mysterious entity, really, and, and it has to do with the economy as well. That's the thing. If the whole country right. is, you know, in a state, then art isn't going to be as valuable either. They can't. They can't because supply and demand and everything else. Um, already mentioned. If it's old, it's automatically valuable. Uh, yeah. That is... Do you know what one of my biggest fears is? What? That somebody is purchasing a piece of my work and just painting over it. Why is that a fear? I don't know. Because you're talking about, like, if it's old. Like, what if just none of my stuff gets old because people paint over it or just, like, throw it away when they redecorate? Or it ends up at Value Village. That'd be kind of dope. A store selling my work. (laughs) 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 I mean, on the bright side... Well, I, don't, I know what you mean, but, like, the thing is, like, my whole thing in art and mortality and whatever else, despite the fact that they're so tied together, I don't think that much about, like, what's going to happen to that piece. I'm like, oh, someone enjoys it, they bought it because they like it, that's it. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, because I think of one piece, like, there's still, I have one piece in my mind's eye right now when we're talking about the print, and I was like, it's my favorite portrait I've ever done, and it's one of my favorite pieces I've ever done as well like the texture in it the colors are just and the portrait was really well done and i know who has it and i'm like oh like i could just ask her like hey whatever we're at university together and like we still talk like um once in a blue moon but i'm like i could find out what happens to that piece and it's because i really like that piece that i think about like oh what's gonna happen to that Mm -hmm. like would that get passed down and if the family if the kids don't like it then what do they do with it Mm -hmm. or um, or like you said, if they move, or what if it gets lost somewhere? That's the thing. Imagine having something like that, and it gets lost in a move, and then someone's like, "What the fuck is this?" And they don't like it, and because they don't like it, they don't value it, and they don't try to get it back to the original owner, or they don't whatever, and it's lying in a ditch somewhere. Like it's just, yeah, I don't know. So that's why we don't think about those things. Perfect. Um, okay, so other thing. Before we get to, like, a fun thing that I don't know if you know about, but it's, I'm really excited about it. That's the last thing I want to talk about. Well, maybe not the last thing, but almost the last thing. Anyway, there are two auction houses that basically dominate the whole art world internationally. And if I say their names, you've probably heard of at least one of them, but they're both, like, versus each other. Um, these, uh, this is also the main method which the most famous works in the world get sold. Mm-hmm. Not every single one, but almost all of them. Sotheby's and Christie's. Two auction houses that sell art. So it's like in person with like the paddle right. and the auctioneer, but then they do it online as well. People phone. Like it's, they do all three of them at the same time. Hmm. And so yeah, Sotheby's and Christie's. And they... They're both, I don't, I don't know if they're both tied, but they're both, like, fighting against each other for these pieces and who gets the right to sell these pieces and whatever. Um, as of 2018, the art market is valued at $67.4 billion. Holy! Those two companies handle almost all of that. Yikes. 67, and I only have the point four there because we're dealing with millions and billions. Yeah. 67.4 billion dollars as of two years ago. Those are the stats. Um, Yikes. Yeah. The highest, uh, 
and this was, oh, I think this was a, maybe a year or two ago, the most expensive piece to ever sell so far that broke the record, 110.7 million, and it was for a Monet. Uh, and again, that makes me fucking sick. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. One piece of art. Yeah, I could. That's fucking insane. So, I mean, when I think of this, it always, like, makes me think of V for Vendetta in a way. Because, like... Feed, feed the poor. Oh, I see what you're saying. House people. Yeah, no, if you've got that kind of money, you could solve world problems. 100%. Gross. That makes me sick. What trashy kind of people. Unless they want to buy mine for that much. That's <laughs> no, <no>, okay. <laughs> No, but for real. They're so, like, I understand the importance of art, and I get it, I whatever, but holy shit. If you've got millions and millions and millions to spend, I mean, and you want to see that every day, or it's just a a, um, a stature thing, too. Like, yeah, yeah, I have it. It's mine. Yeah, ugh. Yeah. It's like jealous, jealousy and disgust I'm feeling at the same time. Wow. <laughs> That's... <laughs> It's going to be the title of a new piece, <laughs> Jealousy and Disgust. Frick. Yeah. That's wild. It's a lot of monies. That's so much money. Yeah. That you can give me like a fraction of that. Like half of a fraction. And I can do so many things. Yep. So many problems would be solved. That's insane. Could you imagine your work not selling like that until you're dead though? That would suck, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, well, yeah, it's bound to happen. I mean, even if you got famous in life, your stuff yeah. would be worth more than after. Right? Absolutely. But that's wild. That's my problem. I've made too much art. There's too much of it out there, so it's not exclusive. I gotta buy it all. I gotta track it all down, buy it all back, and, <laughs> and not sell any. Yeah, <laughs> and then not sell any. <laughs> so then you're in debt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Um. So I have a really fun thing. Do you want to go with a really, really fun thing right now? Or do you want to talk about what kind of art do we value? My nose ring is driving me nuts. Yeah. That's not good. No. Um, let's go into the fun thing. Okay. I don't know if you know this. This happened a year or two ago. I can't remember. You know Banksy? Yep. So he had a piece. It was called Girl with Balloon. It's a very famous image yep. of his stencil. I know. Yeah. So... He had it in a frame. Do you know the story? No. You know what happened? Okay. So, it's getting sold. I don't remember if it was Sotheby's or Christie's. Um, it was getting sold, and it's like in this beautiful frame, whatever, $1.4 million. As it got sold, the auctioneer was like, whatever, and it's like, hey, it's sold. As soon as it was like, sold, man, I wish I could show you the video. It started shredding. It started coming out the bottom of the frame in, sh like, if you put it through a paper shredder. Sh did they mean to do that? They must have. Banksy did it. He built the shredder into the frame. He didn't tell anybody about it, though. So somebody bought oh, it. My dude. Like somebody <laughs> bought it. You can go look at it online, and people are like, like, you see the auctioneer, and then you see, you see the, the piece, like, it's like, it's almost like there's a click. And then it's just like starts shredding, and then no one notices it for a second. And then someone's like, oh, 
And then, like, and then, like, it stops, like, a second later. Like, the, they're, like, they're, like, taking it down and they're trying to figure out, like, what, yeah. So, $1.4 million. It's sold. It's sold. It's committed. It's con- like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's sold. So, Yikes. someone was, and then, so you just bought that thing and then it just, like, starts shredding. I think it's hilarious. Brilliant. I love it. Yeah. And, obviously, he's commenting on, yeah. this is a piece of paper, right? Like, and it's, now it's. Like, fuck yeah, my dude, I yeah. like that. Yeah. He, he's very. What well, he did the uh, crossing out the Picasso and putting his name, right? Oh, for the quote, yeah. yeah. He's funny. I like him. <laughs> I think we should watch the documentary for one of our episodes on, on him. Yeah, you brought it up a couple times, and I really do think we should. Because I haven't seen it, and it's, it's been a couple, it's a little older now, but still. So are you, and I like you. Whoa. That's rude. Uh, Anyway, I thought that was like a really cheeky... That's fantastic. I love that. ...comment. And then people were like, well, maybe now it's more valuable. And it's like, well, because now it's not just that piece of art. Well, no, but no, think about it. Conceptually, it's a different statement. Mm -hmm. Now it's a big statement on the art world and the market and money and all this stuff. And And it was part of an event. Yeah. It was an event that no one anticipated. So it was like a performance piece that everyone witnessed and you'd be like, yeah, that, that I own that. So now it's more valuable because it has way more importance on it now. Right. So it's interesting. I, I don't know. I just love it. We'll, we'll watch the video after. I should have... Oh, next time, I want to like have it queued up and ready and like show you so to get your real reaction. In real time. Yeah. I need to do that from now on. I'll uh, if that ever... I'll do a blind react to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll videotape my reaction to it. Exactly. Um, that's all I have for notes about how people value art and the art market and things like that. But I do want to talk a little bit about what art do we value? What, do, what art do we think is most important and why? Take it away. <laughs> um, I didn't really think about this at all when I brought up the question in my mind or, or whatever. Um, um, you, you can just look at that too. <laughs> um, oh, too late. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, okay, so basically I think a lot of it for most people, it comes down to what they like. However, what needs to be taken into account is what's also important, what adds value to people culturally, or what adds value to me personally, or whatever. What is important to me and why? So, I mean, like, I would say that Banksy piece isn't anything to look at without the concept. Right. I don't care about the picture, the visuals of it don't matter, but the concept makes it really important, exciting, and fun. And I value concept more than anything. However, I really like aesthetics and I like visual stimulation. So when it comes to valuing something, though, it's like it has to be, for me, a mix of of both. Um, If I had millions and millions of dollars, I'm sure that I would have things like that Banksy piece or something that was like, this is really important and this is why, and I like talking about it. It would be like um, um, Duchamp's... uh, Fountain, the urinal. Right. 
Absolutely, so yeah. I don't really want to stare at a urinal in my living room, but it would be funny. But I will. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it'd be funny, and I'd get to explain it every time, right. and I never get sick of talking about it. So like, oh, you're such an old man. Why? Just like art is your lawn. Like, <laughs> God. What? <laughs> or you like just redid your? Oh, I see. I thought you meant like roof last year. Telling kids <laughs> to like get off the lawn. No, I no, no, like. Just taking be, so be, much pride. In yeah, it. yeah. Um, that's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I just so to me, that's not like a very aesthetically pleasing thing to look at. But you know, right? See, but I, but I would, I would, even if I didn't like looking at it. See, and for me, if money was not a factor, I a hundred percent would enjoy purchasing the pieces that had the weird factor behind them more than if they're aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Like, I would much rather have a piece to talk about than just be like, isn't that pretty? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's, I guess, where my heart values are is the weird, but I also have to enjoy looking at it. I don't know. I well, like... that's the thing. You, you gain in... Okay, here's the thing that, like, some people are attracted to other people as like romantically purely based off the people they are Mm -hmm. and then it's like their physical attractiveness kind of starts at that and some people are like people are objects and they're pretty and that person can be the biggest piece of shit in the world that doesn't change how pretty they are were you attracted to me or the goods first you you, you were the goods that's it that's all it was at start yes at the very beginning that's all it was but that's what I'm trying to say is right. that for me, I'm like very much in the middle. It's like right. you can be a complete piece of garbage and you aesthetically still look the same. Nothing's changed. That's oh, the, see, I can't. See, but to me, that's the thing. It's like I can separate art and the artist. I can't. So like would I be physically attracted to – like if you were away from me and we're not talking mm-hmm. and you were just an object or like a photo or whatever, I could still see – it, the same thing, like, the reality is that, that that thing hasn't changed. See, but I can't. Like, a person or a painting or whatever, if I don't like the thing... Like the concept and the... Fuck yeah. it. If, yeah. I don't, if I don't like a person and I saw a piece of art or something of theirs online, I'd be like, that's fucking trash. That's so fucking ugly. Yeah. You're dumb, your art's dumb. <laughs> Why the fuck are you, like, no, fuck that. Yeah. Well, the whole point I was bringing this up, because I know that you are different than me, but you were yeah. just saying, well, it's still have to kind of, like, looking at it, and I think that if you had, like, the weird or whatever, and it was the concept, mm-hmm. you would like looking at it. Because right. you would tie the fact that, right. I like this concept, so you'd like to right. look at it. It just, take and it do that for me, too. Like, so the urinal, if you yeah, just took a yeah. urinal out of Walmart and put it in my living room, be this is disgusting, get it in my fucking house. Right. Well. But, but, I mean, like... If it was, oh, this is Duchamp's urinal. Right. I would enjoy sudden, looking at that urinal. Yeah, I'd like, be like, this is fun. Oh, yeah. This is, this is a nice, <laughs> this is a nice yeah. urinal. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It's definitely a mix of, of things. Um, I definitely don't personally, I don't have like a personal value on like, um, uh, what do we, like, like activist art. It's really... To me, activist art when it when it's um, an event or something like that, I put way more value on it than if it was like 
someone's making like an anti-racial painting. I'm right. like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't. I would. That's just not something that I really value that no, 100% much. Hundred percent, the same. Yeah. I mean, some people make really good satirical works and stuff that are like, yeah, making fun of politicians or whatever, and it's like, okay, that's a thing, but it doesn't really attract me that much. Or I might laugh at it, but I wouldn't ever want to own it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess a mix of aesthetics and high concept are the things that I would like a lot. There's some things though. No, I never thought I was a conceptual person. Like. I remember always making fun of you, being like, yes, well, I get it. The concept has to be there. But, yeah, no, absolutely. 100% has to be there. See, but then I was just going to contradict myself because there's uh, Lev, what's his name? Lev Keeson. I think it's L-E-V and last name is K-H-E-S-I-N, I think. I might be wrong. But he's this artist, and I've shown you stuff before. It's like the thick, like, resin paint, like... Yeah. Yeah, see... Th- if there is a concept, I have no idea what it is, and I don't care. I just want to lick it. Like I want, like I would own that purely on its visual right merits. The it's this it gets me so excited to look at and happy and like so that's a thing that's purely aesthetic. I would be like yes right, and then you play with like well art about art is kind of conceptual and they're doing something different and mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah. Well, well, I'm just going to go demo Walmart bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and just write, what did he put on there? R. Crumb, I think, is what he had on there. You'd have to find an old urinal, though. I would know. I would know the difference. Man, there's a funny picture that I, I, I don't think you ever, maybe I shared it with you before you appreciated it. But there's a funny picture of, like, there's, like, a uh, contemporary like washroom and there's like a bunch of urinals like on the wall like five or six is lined up mm-hmm. but one's gone probably because it was broken or something and then someone wrote Duchamp was here that's funny yeah I don't think you've ever showed me oh, that's really? really funny yeah I like, like that me too anyway anyway that's art and valuing art and things of yeah. that nature let's but, go get weird hell yeah <laughs> let's get weird <laughs>